Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Pastor Alex asked me to um, share the, the word on, on Wednesday, <coughs> no, on Tuesday. And I started praying. And on Wednesday, I've got about three themes that I don't know which one to, to share on. And then on Thursday, it became clearer, like there's this call to prayer that is sort of being really strong in, in my heart. Then I had a chat with uh, Brother Aaron there, and he's, he's sort of confirming that. Then I spent Friday in, in further prayer. And then on Saturday morning, uh, I was awakened at about five o'clock and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I just decided to just start praying. I, I, I check out Facebook before, before I went to the, to the couch and, and I saw Brother Terrence. Can you lift up your hand, Terrence? Terry, somewhere, oh, he's probably yeah, at the back there. So this is, I've already asked for his permission, but he says, this is what he posted. I woke up at 2.30 this morning, Saturday morning, with revival on my mind. Usually when I wake up at this time, it's because something is worrying me, but the things that have concerned me this week seem to have disappeared. The word Terry comes, Terry, 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 which means a King James word for wait, came to mind. A word from the King James Version of the Bible, it means to linger, stay a little longer than intended, wait with anticipation. Jesus used Terry in Luke 24, verse 49. And behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured from power from on high. Three words, three more words came after this. Wind, wind, fragrance, and tears. I lay in bed thinking about all these things when I saw a rugby game and when a player was tackled just short of the try line. And I heard the commentator's words saying, it is so close I tried to go back to sleep, but now, but I knew I couldn't until I posted this. It's now 4.10 a.m. Now I can get back to sleep, hopefully. Well, Terry, you posted that for me. After reading that, I was so gripped that I just kept on praying, you know, uh, praying in the spirit, and then I, I fixed Isaac's breakfast. Oh, by the way, shout out to my wife and my mom. I was driving to church this morning and I'm just like, man, I'm so blessed. It is, it's, you know, it's just got a wife, got awesome kid, got, you know, just everything. I'm just, my mom's still around. I'm just, I'm just so blessed. But I'll get back to this. Well, I, I don't want to get distracted with this. Then I started chatting uh, with Terry, just texting back and forth. And as I was texting back and forth, Pastor Daniel Hagen posted this, revival is the collision of human stewardship in Acts 1 prayer and the sovereign suddenly of Acts 2 power. Are you with me? Can we bring up Acts chapter 1 please? Because this scripture is the scripture that I wanted to share for you this morning. Are you with me? Praise God. That's a Mike's way of honouring the word. It's so true. We need, we need to honour the word. The, the, you know, someone says, 
if you are, if you just go follow the spirit without the word, you blow up. If you follow the word without the spirit, you dry up. But if you go the word and the spirit, you grow up. Amen. So it's not either or. And the Smith Wigglesworth says the the last great revival will be a revival where there is the word of God and the spirit of God together. It is not one or the other. Amen. So the point I'm trying to make is that this is the language of the Spirit. The Bible says by two or three witnesses, everything is established. So I'm feeling it Thursday, feeling it Friday. It's getting stronger. Saturday morning, I woke up and I have these words. Do you believe that this is a word from God? He's confirmed it. In my former book, Theophilus, I'm going to use this one, Young's Literal Translation. Indeed, I made concerning all things that Jesus began to do and to teach <coughs> till the day in which having given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he did choose out, he was taken up. To whom also he did present himself alive after his suffering in many certain proofs through 40 days being seen by them and speaking the things concerning the reign of God. So it's, when did Jesus get crucified? On the Passover. Jesus was crucified on the, on the day of Passover. He was nailed onto the cross in the hour of the morning sacrifice and he died by the hour of the evening sacrifice. Jesus was not a coincidence. He died, he died in accordance to the prophetic timetable of God. Jesus would not be Jesus without the prophecies of the Old Testament. If not, he'll be just a, some guy that claims that he is something. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies of the Old Testament. He's not a stranger. Okay, so Jesus died on the day of Passover. Then he spent 40 days teaching. You guys see that? So he spent 40 days. Can you imagine what kind of a Bible study that, that day a resurrected Jesus, 40 days of Bible study. It'd be mind-blowing revelations. But what he did was he showed the disciples how he fulfilled the Scriptures. That's, that's what he did. He goes, that's me. Read that bit, 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 that's me. Okay? Next. So after the Passover, you add 40 days. Do you know what Pentecost means? Pentecost means 50. So 50 days after what? After the Passover. So if you spent 40 days in Bible study, this leaves 10 days of this before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yep. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye did hear of me. Next. Because John indeed baptized with water, and ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit after not many days from now. They therefore indeed, having come together, were questioning him, saying, Lord, do you at this time restore the, the, the reign of Israel, the kingdom? Then he said unto them, It is not yours to know the times or seasons that the Father did appoint in his own authority. But ye shall receive power at the coming of the Holy Spirit upon you, and ye shall be witnesses 
to me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and onto the end of the earth. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us so we can be witnesses. The purpose of the Holy Spirit falling upon us is not so that we can have great meetings, although you will have great meetings, but it's to empower us to go into all the world and bear witness, to bear witness with power because the message is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are to bear witness of this message. It is foolishness to the Greeks, that's us, and a stumbling block to the Jews because they crucified him. But to us, it is the power of God unto salvation. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is so that we take it out. Next verse. And fire on the altar. Oh, go back. You're supposed to finish that. Anyway, never mind. It's unnecessary, but I love I love all the scriptures because he talks about how Jesus then was taken up and then there was two angels that appeared. He goes, men of, of Jerusalem, why do you look up? This same Jesus which you saw taken up will come down. So that's the whole gospel right there. God is taken up, but he's going to come back down and every eyes will see, every tongue will confess. But the message is this. <coughs> and you can put this as a title. Keep the fire burning. Leviticus 6, verse 12 to 13. Thank you. And, fire, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offerings in order on it. And it shall burn on... On it, the fat of the peace offering, a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. God will pour out His Spirit. And later on, in you don't need to go there, uh, sound desk, Leviticus 9, 24, I'm just going to read this. And Moses and Aaron went to the tabernacle of meeting. So that was Leviticus 6. In Leviticus 9, it says, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering. I'll say that again. Fire came out of the Lord and, burnt, and consumed the burnt offering and all the people saw it and they shouted and fell on their faces. So the first fire comes from the Lord. But after the first fire comes from the Lord, he says, you keep the fire burning. This is what God is saying. A lot of people focus on the manifestation. Not many people will talk about the reason why the manifestation is there. I'm going to read to you again. This is 2 Chronicles. We don't need to go there. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1 to 3. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces on the ground to the pavement, and worshipped and praised God, saying, For He is good, His mercy endures forever. 
<coughs> Who here has heard about the, the Welsh Revival? We can talk about how Evan Roberts run his meeting. Did you know that Evan Roberts spent 13 years praying for that revival? Day and night he prayed. People thought he was crazy because he would walk around the street and he just starts talking to God, burst into tears. Just really strange fella. In Hebrides Revival, ever heard of, you know, Hebrides Revival is this island in Scotland. It was brought about by two sisters, 84 and 82 years of age. They spent years for praying. They had arthritis, so they can't go out. They can't go to church. So all they did was they pray day and night. They were alarmed at the state of the, the, the island. They were alarmed at the state of the nation. So they prayed to God. They cried out day and night until this is it's not a meeting. It says the presence of God could be sensed in the parks, in the meadows, in the beach, in the farm. And people started going, what must I do to be saved? And they start running, finding a church so they can hear religious instructions because they've got no idea what they're feeling inside. The pastor finished the meeting at nine o'clock at night and there was a call. It's like there's a, there's a group of people back at the church. He goes, what? So he went there and there's like a thousand people at the church. 11 o'clock at night. No one called them. And this went on. You know what that is? Because the presence of God has hit a region. Dr. Yongi Cho in South Korea had a church of over a million people in one location. There was a story of him. They said there was a, like a church planted, a Presbyterian, another church, not his denomination. So you know what he did? He sent 250,000 of his people to go support that church. Because he was running 10 services. He's like, I'll cut myself down by three services. You go down that road. So they went there, helped the church grew, and then they all came back after a few years with more. But he has a habit of praying of three, at least three hours a day. William Seymour, this is a quote from, I got this from Corey Turner. William Seymour from Azusa Street. The Azusa Street revival is the, is the revival that started out pretty much the Pentecostal, the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell. This is what he says. Prior to meeting with Charles Parnham, the Lord has sanctified me from sin and led, had led me into a deep life of prayer, assigning five hours every day for prayer. This prayer life I continued for three and a half years. When one day as I prayed, the Holy Ghost said to me, there are better things to be had in a spiritual life, but they must be sought out with faith and prayer. This so quickened my soul that I increased my hours of prayer to seven out of the 24 and I continued to pray for two more years until the baptism fell on us. In Azusa Street, there's talk about how he runs. He, you know, he just stays quiet until the glory comes and then there was so, the glory was so thick that children were playing hide and seek in the glory of, of God. The cloud filled the building. They saw like limbs, like amputated limbs grow back, like not a little bit, like a whole, whole arm. 
which is in the Bible, by the way. We focus on the method. We focus on the technique. We ignore the five years of prayer. This is what God has put in my heart, and I believe he wants to share it. I've seen people go to Bethel and Reddings. They go from wherever they're at, they go to that church, they start seeing, they start seeing healings, they start seeing people delivered, they start seeing people saved, and then they leave there, they come back home, and then nothing happens. No more healing, no more deliverance, no more salvations. And I realized that they have walked into a slipstream of someone else's glory someone else's anointing so they went back home into their own level of anointing and they haven't dug the well they haven't spent the time with Jesus so that they don't carry the anointing it was someone else's anointing it was someone else's glory I discovered this firsthand I used to go to a church I kid you not I think Pop knows Pop was there Every meeting there was deliverances. Every meeting there was healing. There was such power there that I haven't seen it on a person to this day. I have seen Ben do it, but it was something else. What, what Ben has is, a, is the anointing, the mantle on him. Because he was preaching. Remember Awakening Australia, people were getting delivered. The security guards were panicking. They were like, oh my goodness, these people are having epilepsy. And they were like running around. And Ben wasn't doing anything. He was just preaching. People were getting delivered sovereignly. But I haven't seen an anointing on a person like I've seen in those days. It was, it was crazy. Like we approached it and then something, and then we just went back down again. But what was on those meetings in those days was just constant, constantly. I, I was spoiled. It sets me up for, for now because I know what a standard is. I know what to aim for. And I still haven't get there. So I'm hungering for God. But get this, get this, get this. When I started the, a church in Geelong, I thought that was on me because I was moving like that while he was around. When I started the, a church in Geelong, you know what happened? Nothing. That's when I discovered that that anointing wasn't mine. What God is saying right now, there is an outpouring. There is an outpouring and I'm going to get to her soon to, to just share some of the things that's happening. But there is an outpouring. But God is saying this, if you don't dig up a well, you don't make history with God, you don't spend time with God, you actually do not have the capacity to carry it. The anointing will fall and then after a while, the anointing will stop for whatever reason and you're going to go back to normal again. And I'm, I don't want you to be this type of people that says, I'm, gonna, I'm saying this nicely, I don't want you to be saying, you know, it's like, oh, I want the outpouring like in 1984. In 1984, God poured out His Spirit and He did this and He did that. I want you to be able to carry it constantly. And this is what I've done with, with, with myself. I'm saying, you know what? After this outpouring, I'm not losing any of this. I'm going to catch this and this is going to be my base. And I'm going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Because I've been searching for this for 20 years. And I have finally seen something. Tura, can you come forward, please? Can you just, this is Sister Tura. 
So, can I also get the band to just play at the back? So this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling. There are moments where God wants to pour out something. Did you know that before the, Jesus was born, right? He has an intercessor praying for him. Did you know that? Her name was Anna. So before the Messiah came, God appointed intercessor to call him into being. Before the outpouring of the book of Acts, the, the disciples, and the, there were 120 in the upper room praying and crying out to God. It's always about prayer. We focus on the Acts 2 moment of the outpouring of the power of God. God is saying, do not neglect the Acts 1 prayer. And this is the thing, right? I believe, I asked Pastor Alex, like, this is what God is saying, I believe. And I believe that I'm going to invite the church after this to, to tarry, to wait, and to cry out for more of the outpouring after this service. You don't have to stay. I've got a change of clothing. I've got my sandals. I'm ready to, to sit here and to pray for God's power to come down. I'm inviting you, but if you need to leave, you may. But if you want to stay, stay. Okay? Tara, before you go. And I just realized that. Checking once. Oh, yeah. This is Sister Tara. Hi. On Wednesday, we, we had something strange. We had uh, Sister Jo sing um, a vision, and she says that she doesn't normally get vision. She hears God, but she starts seeing a vision, and it looks like a movie. And then basically, she was describing how in heaven, sorry, Jo, if you're watching, there is a bucket of oil in this scene and then as I was I felt as she was describing I felt like it was the spirit of sonship and spirit of adoption then as I was sharing with another brother about the spirit of sonship and adoption about how God loves us as His children I felt that liquid being poured on me I physically felt it and then my skin started tingling and here we go And then I started going silly. And then everyone in the room went silly. Then I thought, we're going to have to release this onto the greater group. And so we started pouring out on people. And then that's when, Tara, tell us what happened. You, you, you felt, what did you feel? Yeah, so um, I was sitting where Gina was, just there, and I felt the ground move. Like I felt an earthquake. And I'm from Wellington, so earthquakes are very normal for me, Wellington, New Zealand. And um, But then I realised that no one else was reacting to the earth shaking. And so then I realised, oh, this is happening in the spirit. Like the earth is shaking. And yeah, I guess I was so succumbed by um, the glory of the Lord that I, 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 I went on the ground and I, I couldn't move. But it wasn't like I couldn't move. It was just like the glory was so heavy in the room. Like I had never... Can I go on or am I? Yeah. Am I oh, okay. Um, like, you know, you see people falling. I see people falling down all the time. And like, I was raised Presbyterian. So, um, but I've been a seasoned Pentecostal, or what I thought I was. And then um, 
just the, I just this the presence of God in that place, just the glory. I was like, this is this is the glory of the Lord, like in this room. Like I couldn't. It was just so weighty. You know, when people say, oh yeah, I can feel the tangible weightiness of the glory. I'm like, can you? <laughs> but the very that was the very first time I actually felt the weight of the glory of the Lord in the room. And like I had my eyes closed because I was like, Lord, I just want to focus on you. I want to focus on you. And everyone was, yeah, had a different reaction to the glory of the Lord. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, okay, that was the morning. That was the morning. That was the morning. And then, then she had music practice at night, right? Can I just say before that, because of that experience, it was like we all went out different and we were because you know for internship you have to go out and evangelize onto the street and whenever I'm always like oh my gosh really Lord but that day I was like wow this is really natural like we are taking what was in here out into the streets I was like I don't want to I don't want to just have a normal Wednesday like I want this all the time you know um yeah so that day I had worship practice and like internships finish at uh, four o'clock but I decided to stay and just journal what had taken place you know Um, and Rachel God bless Rachel she came and she started speaking to me and she spoke to me for like two hours I felt like she was just preaching to me because I was like wow yeah come on and then she was like hey can I pray for you and I was like yeah pray for me I would love that so she laid hands on me and I went down onto the ground and um just saying. <laughs> Sorry. Just the glory of the Lord fell again. And I was like, my body was just reacting to the power of the of the Lord in that place. And um, I don't know, maybe things were just broken off, but I just felt like you know, and because, because again, I want to remind you, I'm, I was raised Presbyterian, so this was all new. And thank God, because she was there and she was like telling me what's going on. But at the same time, with every manifestation that was taking place, it was like Holy Spirit was placing scripture into my heart and was like, "This is okay. It's scripture. It's scripture." Like um. Like even just falling back, I was reminded of uh, of John when he was, you know, in the book of Revelations, when he fell and it was like he was dead. Paul, Ezekiel, just the presence of the Lord, man. When you're in the glory of the Lord, you, you man, man. And then I was reminded of, um, oh, because I started shaking. And then it was like I was reminded of, um, you know, Holy Spirit placed in my heart about the people trembling at the presence of the Lord. And then I started laughing. And then I was like, oh, this is the joy of the Lord. Like Holy Spirit was just speaking to me. The rest of the team comes in. This was, this went on for nearly two hours. The rest of the team come in and they're like, what is going on? Richelli comes in and I just touch her leg. And then I started prophesying over her. And then I was reminded of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 19, 19, where it says that the soldiers, when they were with Samuel, the presence of the Lord fell upon them. And then they started prophesying to one another. Oh my gosh, this is Holy Spirit. This is like the Word taking place in our church. (laughs) 
I started prophesying over each and every person and I knew that it was, the, it was the Lord. It wasn't just my mind. You know how sometimes when you prophesy, you know, it can be from the Lord and you're receiving it from the Lord. It was like the Lord was speaking through me. And then it reminded me of 2 Samuel 23, 2. Oh my gosh, I hope this is the right scripture. Wait, have it, I'm sure I've read it down. 2 Samuel 23, 2. The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. So as I was prophesying over them, the, I was hearing while I was speaking to them. And then the Lord started revealing to me um, just um, their emotions, their deep wounds. And I was like, whoa, Lord. And like what Lee said, hey, I was like, ever since that day, I don't want to leave this space, man. Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. If you need to leave, you may. Um, can I just get you to just pray and release that outpouring? And here's the thing, I'm going to remind you one thing as well. It's prayer that sustains it. Prayer is the hunger. I remember running into a, a young Ben Fitzgerald in 2005. For those of you who didn't know, he's gone on to do Awakening Europe. He's like the Raha Bonki doing crusades in Europe. And I remember saying, Ben, what are you up to? And he says, I've been crying out to God for four hours this morning. This is 2005. We can see them in front of the stage. We can see the glory falling, but we don't know the price that has been paid in the secret place to get that glory. So God is just inviting us right now to not be children. Like we can focus and argue and have a church split about how our service is run. But are you willing to pay the price in hours and years crying out for the glory of God? Because I actually didn't know what a run sheet was until 2005. I mean, 2015. You know, I hear that say that again. I've been a pastor since 2010. I didn't know what a run sheet was till 2015. Until Dan made one. So if having no run sheet is the formula for a revival, I should have had one. All it was was just chaos. You don't pray, you throw out the run sheet. You have run sheetless, structureless, powerless church. You pray, God will work through anything. I'm saying this humbly, even, even on Tuesday, as I was driving home, I had no music in my car. I hear this instrumental pads playing in it. I've had this in the seasons where I was pressing into God. You know what that is? It's like angelic choir. I turn off the music, I open the window, I'm like, where's that sound coming from? And it was just like this instrumental music. It was like an organ. But the point is this, it's like if you're pressing into God, it's like God will pour out His glory on you, wherever you are, whenever you are. Are you with me? So I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to get to her. If you're hungry for the spirit of prayer and travail, why don't you come forward and ask God right now? Ask God for the spirit of prayer and the spirit of travail. Are you willing to pay the price to sustain the revival? Because otherwise this will be like every other revival. It'll be like an event. 
and it'll die off. But God wants something like what the prophesied. He wants this to be the last, oh my goodness. He wants this to be the last great move, the last outpouring before the end. And He needs it to stay and He doesn't need it to come and go. And we need to focus on the main thing. Tara, would you please pray? God, your glory, your presence is in this room, Lord. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for those who have toiled, for those who made a path for us to reach you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we just commit now and forever covenant, Lord Father, with You, Lord God, that we will continue to press on to You, even when we are dry. Father, we will we will press into You, even when we are full, Lord God, we will press into You. We will not be swayed by emotions, Lord Father God, but we thank You, God, that You will continue to sustain us, to continue to keep us full, Lord Father God. Even when the world is going grey and it looks so ugly out there, Father God, we choose to follow You all the days of our lives, Lord Father God. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that in the last days there will be a move, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And we believe today that we are going to witness that, Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we are saying right now that we are committed to you. We will continue to run the race, Lord Father. And when we fall, we will fall, Lord God. We will call unto your name, Lord God. We will never let go of you, Lord Father God. You will continue to fill us up, Lord Jesus. May this outpouring not last in here, Lord God, but may it overflow into the street. Change our minds, Lord Father God. Remove any expectations of how it should be. Father God, we are prepared to be unpredictable in the Spirit, Lord Father God, so that we may um, remain to be your hands and feet, Lord God. Jesus, may we be willing to pray over our employees, Lord God. May we be willing to count the cost always, Lord God, but always be trembling towards you, Lord Father God. Jesus, we know that it is okay to come with you with our dirtiness, Lord Father. So we open it up towards you, Lord God. We expose it all, Lord Father, so that we will continue to be right with you, Lord God. Thank you. And Father, right now, God, we ask for the outpouring, God, of your Holy Spirit, God, not for a nice meeting, God, but for this nation, God. Lord, have mercy upon this nation, God. Lord, anoint us, God, with enough power, God, with boldness, God, so we can bear witness to this nation, God, and beyond, Lord. Pour out your Spirit, God. Pour out your power, God. Pour out your conviction, God. Pour out the power from on high. Begin to cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Lord. Lord, for our sins, how we wage war against you, how we hate. 
just any service without people giving people a chance to respond to the gospel. Can I just get everyone to just lower their hands for the time being, please? <laughs> Can I just get every head down and every eyes closed? I really feel like there's a young man that you actually, your life is okay. You don't know the Lord. And I feel like God is just calling out to you. I personally now don't understand why people don't want to accept God. Because it's not only He forgives us of our sins. It's not only He adopts us. He actually pours out His love. And love is something that we all need. I was just watching the other day. You know how the Mexican cartels recruit their murderers? They recruit children who have been abandoned by their family. So they grow up hating the world, hating themselves. There's anger in them. They're ready to kill. And this is what God will do for you when you accept Him. He will pour out His love upon your heart. He will adopt you. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a sinner. But you are now sons and daughters. So if you would like this and you're still around, can I just get you to lift up your hand? Would you like to begin this relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah you do. If you want to accept Jesus, you don't have to be male. I see you, young lady. Anyone else? Just get everyone to just pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you so much for dying on that cross to redeem me, to forgive me, and to adopt me. Please come into my heart. Wash away the hate. Wash away the guilt. And fill me with your love. Thank you for making me your son and a brand new creation. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.